Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. Spring is a time of renewal, and so is the NFL's offseason. And after the last three years of Cliff Kingsbury, the last thing the Cardinals fans want is more negativity about their head coach. I get that. I respect that. And like everyone else, I am hoping that Michael Bidwill and his new GM lucked into the candidate of a lifetime in new head coach Jonathan Gannon. But I am not going to apologize about the red flags attached to this one. Gannon is the third consecutive rookie head coach hired in Arizona and he is one year older than Kingsbury was when he was hired by the Cardinals. And while some people raved about the video released by the team where Gannon and Kyler Murray exchanged hugs and handshakes, to me it was way too much of what we just witnessed and experienced. That peer-to-peer coach bro stuff we have seen for the last five years and to me, that is the polar opposite of what Kyler Murray needs. There are also unconfirmed reports that the new offensive coordinator will be a 35-year-old former quarterback coach from Cleveland who has never called plays. So I don't know how that fixes our franchise quarterback. So in the end, I think the Cardinals kind of suffered from a lack of options. I think they were played by Sean Payton. I think their coaching vacancy was far less appealing than it should have been for reasons that should have the organization doing deep dives into their own mirrors and in the end there is but one question did they get the best man for the job or did they get the best of what was left the guy that made the owner most comfortable we're gonna find out because if there's one big difference between the new coach and the old coach it's that Gannon is said to have the it factor the ability to capture a room and that to me is priority number one with this football team Today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW, who have two great locations who make luxury affordable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. It's smart. I mean, this is a young, ascending defensive coordinator. This was a team that had 70 regular season sacks. He got a core nucleus of players better. And this is all going to be now about who's his offensive coordinator and what's his plan for Kyler Murray, who has a big contract and a big injury. So Mm -hmm. those are the two things that Jonathan Gans going to have to deal with. I thought Lou Anarumo, who was a little older coach, had been in locker rooms uh, for a bit of a time longer than Jonathan Gannon, would be a good person for this job, where you get someone that was a former head coach, and maybe none of those guys actually wanted these jobs. Yeah, a couple of ESPN personalities. First, Mike Tannenbaum saying it was smart hire for the Cardinals with work to do, followed by Ryan Clark. Surprised they didn't go with somebody uh, with more experience. Jonathan Gannon, despite being only 40 years old, has got a lot of experience coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you mentioned it earlier, uh, his football career was cut short uh, while he was at Louisville. Hip injury. He went into coaching. He went into scouting for a little bit to work his way into the NFL. Yep. And he's been in the league for 15 years. So Which is good. It, it, the it, scouting element is good, yeah, and they say he was good at it. So that's way a way of looking at things. Yeah, that's an added element because Kyle Shanahan's really good at that too. Kyle Shanahan's got a real good eye for talent, and when the head coach has that, that can that can take the symmetry and the synergy between he and a general manager to the next level. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So continue. Um, but if you are of those, again, hoping that the Cardinals would follow their pattern of going inexperienced, experienced, inexperienced, experienced, um, it didn't happen. They went with another inexperienced head coach, and 
I'm not even, and I've been touting this the whole time for the last 37 days that I wanted an experienced head coach because mm-hmm. Same. of the level of dysfunction we just saw the Cardinals reach after being at the top of the league again in November of 2021. Uh, just an amazing turnaround. They didn't do it, uh, but the biggest concern now for Gannon is a lot of these guys that are looking for coordinator jobs and staff construction when you're the last team to hire, uh, and it was by hours, mm-hmm. let's be honest about it, but still, um, you're not getting your first choice of coordinators No, at this point. Either. No, no. And that and, is a concern. Right. Uh, but but the it factor can go a long way. So and so again, a lot of a lot of the stuff that that was released yesterday, those are optics, as Vinny pointed out. Cliff Kingsbury did the exact same thing. We all geeked out about that. I remember that. The introductory yeah. little phone iPhone video he took. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can we read into the fact that Jonathan Gannon addressed Bird Gang and not Bird City? Can we read into that? Oh, that's that's reading the room. That's good. His first uh, correct step as Cardinals head coach. Yeah. So and and again, it's 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 very accurate that for two years now this guy has been a, a target of Eagles fans' wrath. But but on the flip side of that is a guy that's worked in a cauldron. That's worked in a pressure cooker like yes, Philly. Yes. There is some value to that. You uh, you are less prone to kind of, uh, you know, get swallowed up by pressure of a big game or big games or hostile environments when you have worked in, host- in the most hostile environment. So there's that. So there's the ability that he has got enough chutzpah. To, to kind of deal with all that, to do his job regardless of what his public opinion happens to be. I respect that. And, and so I, I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm an open book. My heart's open to this guy just like it should be for all of us. This is a brand-new beginning, and I'm going to have faith. I'm going to try to have faith that, that because Michael Bidwill took the step, we weren't even certain as a sports town. This is how far we have fallen and, and, and how much those extensions to Steve Keim and – Cliff Kingsbury really kind of have just thrown everything off the rails in terms of how much we trust the owner, how much we believe in this organization, how much we think they really want to win, how much they're going to spend to win. I mean, does Matt Ishbia have to explain any of that to us? No. It's, he, it's, he sitting, proved it. it's sitting courtside yeah. in, in the guy that Vinny uh, introduced last night. Um, Flavor so, Flav? He was courtside. I, I, had, I had no idea you introduced, introduced him until him. you told me that. And Flo Rida. Oh, my goodness. Look how versatile I am, Bick. Yeah, that's pretty good. Stars great. really come out when Kevin Durant's in the building. Bubba Watson Please, welcome recording artist Flo Rida. Vinny, there's a space between Flo and Flo Rida. Flavor Flav. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, uh, so um, what was I saying? I don't know what I was saying. We got the owners, the ownership. How far yeah, the, yes, the, the ownership. They yeah. It. yeah, the ownership. So, so it's really kind of shocked people's faith into where this whole thing is going, and and so it was comforting to see Michael Bidwell admit. Okay, this Cliff Kingsbury ain't working. Is this has got to stop? We've got to get this guy out of here, and he did. So, and in the process, he admitted an egregious error. Okay, good. Props on you for doing that. Going outside for the general manager. 
A lot of us didn't think he'd do that either. Had a couple of in-house candidates he could have leaned on. He could have split the jobs between them. Didn't do that either. So props to Michael Bidwill for those two moves, which indicate he's looking at the same thing we are. And that's comforting. So to me, Jonathan Gannon, I'm hoping, said something that Michael said, that's the guy. And I'm hoping that 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 moment for Michael Bidwill will translate to us as well. That maybe five months from now we'll go, that's the guy. And because this team needs a leader badly. This team needs discipline and accountability. This team needs a hard ass at the top. This, this team needs somebody who can instill fear and respect and, and, and passion. Yeah. And somebody who can instill, instill faith that I have got a winning plan. We're going to find out all this stuff. Yes, we will. We'll find Chutzpah. out a lot more tomorrow. Chutzpah. Yeah, I believe it's pronounced Shut Ch- up, Ch- Ch- Parrot. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Uh, text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we haven't even seen the Suns and what they'll look like in a couple of weeks just yet, but there are questions to be answered in terms of rotation pieces and a lot of juggling for head coach Monty Williams. We'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And I just heard the crowd go off and I was like, I couldn't believe he made that shot. Book had like five of those tonight. Having Kevin on the team, you had another guy. Those guys are just gifted. I think that's what you saw from Book tonight. He was he was fresher and that's something that we may have to talk about <laughs> Play him less minutes so he can play uh, that kind of basketball for longer stretches, but he's about as stubborn as I am, so I don't think that'll be a, a long conversation. It's Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, talking about figuring out minutes for Devin Booker. He's going to have to figure out a lot of stuff. Can I make an admission to you, by the way, too? Yeah. Because Monty said at the beginning of that soundbite that uh, Chris Paul hit the corner three before the shot clock expired, and he didn't see it because a coach stood up. I didn't see it either. And I almost did this. I think, to my knowledge, for the first time, I almost announced the wrong player making the three because all I saw was the white arm sleeve. Mm. And I acted. So you almost called it Jay Crowder? <laughs> I did. Say, I thought it was Josh Okogie. Yeah. Okay. I, I, and I turned the microphone on and I said, and I paused, and I'm sure people heard it. But then, I, cor- right. then I corrected myself. So okay. we're just going, chill. <laughs> Like that one rapper yeah. we're getting. <laughs> uh, but yep. Figuring out Devin Booker's minutes going forward. He played 29 last night. He's still on a minutes restriction. He was ridiculous offensively last night. Very efficient. Very yeah. efficient and very assertive. Mm. And didn't settle for threes. Got to his jumper. Got to the rim on several occasions. He had a fast break dunk where he just exploded to the hoop. And you're like, okay, I I think that groin's okay. How about when he just ripped the ball away from that dude in the paint? That was the bonus. Yeah, it was was the bonus. bonus. That's right. Yeah, that was was quite something. That's a strong dude. That was quite something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you brought this up earlier. Kevin Durant, not in the mix yet for playing time. You figure when he comes back, he'll be on a minute's restriction. We expect the Suns to announce that Terrence Ross is is a member of this team, really, at any yeah, time. Apparently, he signed his contract last night, according to Dwayne Rankin. That's what so, I heard, yeah. have heard, too, yeah. uh, but nothing has been made official right. yet. But that's another rotation piece. And with all these rotation pieces, we saw T.J. Warren last night in limited minutes. We did not see Darius Baisley. You still have Payne and Shamit coming back. 
Um, this is we talked about the depth of of this mm-hmm. team not being a strength, and I think that was an overreaction, an immediate overreaction. They've got a lot of depth for the rest of the regular season, mm. but how do you pare that down for a rotation in the playoffs? And what exactly is their quality of depth going to be yes. in terms of what they need? I think those are very very fair questions. I, Terrence Ross, I like as a basketball player, mm-hmm. so I think he's going to be part of of whatever rotation it's going to be. I I actually I find it very very interesting. Watching Monty's demeanor, how he's kind of changing on the fly here, um, in just the demeanor in which he is talking now, it's it's it, it, because I because I believe that below the surface there's a lot of stuff going on here, and and I've talked psychologically about how this is going to be weird. Everyone's on board with this. We're all tremendously excited, but this is going to be very odd when when suddenly the Phoenix Suns are have got a handful of players we weren't cheering for five minutes ago, mm-hmm. and it's going to be different. Now you think about what Monty Williams is, what he has to do in, in terms of paring down what is going to be a good rotation for this basketball team for the rest of the regular season, and then my, more primarily into the playoffs, right? Because campaign isn't obvious. He's The Suns really don't have another backup point guard, mm-hmm. so he's an obvious rotation guy. I would think TJ Warren for scoring off the bench is obvious. Terrence Moore, I think, is is Ross. I'm sorry, Terrence Ross is an obvious one. Uh, Damian Lee has played well enough to deserve it. Ish uh, uh, Ish Wayne Wright, Josh Okoye, these guys have all flashed this year. Where are you gonna? Well, there's another. I mean, you have to have another big in the rotation, whether it's Bismack or and, Jock Landale. Yeah, right. To play backup minutes, unless yeah, you're going to go right. Kevin Durant that's, at the small no, ball you, five. Yeah, you're right. So and and so these are these are heavy questions. Tor- we didn't even mention Tory Craig. I've got Tory Craig in the starting lineup. Do you think he's going to be in the starting lineup? I don't know. Ah. I think that's ah. going to come down to an Akogi or ah. or uh, Tory Craig decision, okay. and it might have to do for the rest of the regular season. It okay. might have to do with matchups because they do a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. But Craig's got better size. I think he's a more reliable, uh, consistent offensive player. Not yeah. to say that he's going to put twenty up. Uh, but you know when Josh Okoge has a game like he had last night, shooting the ball three for four from three point range, it's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> the, you know uh, what he brings, and it's not always offense. I've I've had this conversation with people. Uh, people have asked me what they think this team is going to look like with Kevin Durant. Now, listen, we 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 all know, or we should know, he ain't much of a basketball fan if you don't know how good Kevin Durant is. So that's that's number one. I, I think. I think where it's going to show itself is I think the Suns are going to have this ability to go on devastating runs. Mm-hmm. 15-0, 12-0, just blow up, blow open close games in the span of four or five possessions. And, and I'm talking about the quick pull-up threes, just the micro bursts of offense I think that, that Kevin Durant's going to give them in addition to everybody else. I think that's one thing I've noticed about this year's team prior to the new additions is that offensively they've gone stagnant at times. Yeah. There haven't been a lot of options, especially when Book has been gone. Yes. I, I think that is I think that's going to be the big thing. I think the wow factor is going to come in how fast this new Suns team is going to be able to just kind of hit the accelerator. We'll see. I don't have a ton of time to make it happen, but but if but if you're trying to visualize what this is going to look like, that's what I see in my mind. Yeah, and I think uh, and people have brought this up, and I'm in agreement with them. Like, you're there, I think there will be a minor transition offensively, but when you add somebody as flexible and as talented 
and able to score in numerous ways like Kevin Durant, you'll figure those things out on the fly. Mm-hmm. The defensive adjustments, the defensive responsibilities, and your identity defensively are what really needs to be honed over these last 22 exactly. games. Yeah, I agree with that. And so so defense, uh, the, the, the communication, the mm-hmm. the system, the getting everybody in alignment on that side of the uh, of the court. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it, and like I said before, the one thing that you just really hope for, <laughs> knock on for Micah. I know what you're knocking for. Just health. Yeah, just no absolutely. more, no more lower body injuries for anybody. No, it just just give us Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant from now to the end of the season, whatever that might be, and I will live with the results. Yes. The NBA is really good right now, folks. If you didn't know, this is I, I couldn't believe this stat. Uh, so Drew Holiday scored 40 points last night for the Bucks. That was the 137th. 40-point game of the season for somebody. That ties a new NBA record, and we're not even at the All-Star break yet. There's never been more individual talent in the NBA. Agreed. Agreed. Not so that many great teams. Agreed. But, but never are, more individual talent. There's a lot talent. of dangerous teams out there. So this is not... Yeah. I, even though I think the Suns deserve... Uh, this new status as front runners in the West, if you will, or co front runners with the Nuggets. There's a lot of there's a lot of good teams in the West. Yeah, it's time for character counts presented by Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Each year, the NFL seeks to improve the surrounding communities of the Super Bowl host city through the Super Bowl Legacy Grant Program. This year, two point one two five million dollars in grants were provided with funding. Uh, from the NFL Foundation and the Arizona Super Bowl Host Committee to help nonprofit organizations with proven track records of benefiting underserved Arizonans. The nonprofits selected to receive these grant funds were chosen by the Arizona Community Foundation and their focus, uh, focus their work within the following pillars, education, health and wellness, social justice, and environment and sustainability. Organization re- uh, receiving grants include the Boys and Girls Club of the Valley, St. Mary's Food Bank, the Be Kind People Project, Community Center, who hosted a press conference Thursday and was awarded a $200,000 grant to refurbish their brand new space. Uh, Arizona uh, Super Bowl host committee president Jay Perry said, quote, we are proud to work with the NFL and the host committee partners to create a positive and lasting legacy for the Arizona nonprofits who serve our communities and residents year round. That is Character Counts presented by Parker and Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating and Electrical looking for their next student athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship to nominate one. Text uh, character to 620-620 today. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk Suns basketball, and we'll do it with a Hall of Fame legend, Al McCoy. Al about the Suns is next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. CP3 for three. Al about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Yes, on Wednesdays we do get the privilege of talking to the Hall of Famer, the legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, who joins us right now for Al about the Suns here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Al, good morning. How are you today, sir? Well, good morning, good morning, and uh, certainly a nice victory for the Suns last night, and how can you not like it uh, with Booker out there with 32 points, uh, the 19 assists for CP3, another double-double for DA against uh, 
you know, a team uh, that's been one of the best in the West all yeah. year, Sacramento. So uh, a nice victory. Yeah. Uh, the last time we talked to you, Al, uh, last Wednesday, we were still about 15 hours away from the seismic trade that went down. Things have changed a lot. We haven't seen the results of those changes just yet, but we haven't had a chance to pick your brain or hear your thoughts on the trade of Kevin Durant. Well, actually, I thought it was terrific. And my answer to that is, uh, in any team sport, uh, you want to be competitive. You want to be at your best, and you want to be a factor. Uh, But if you want to be a champion, sometimes you have to jump out on the edge. And uh, I think the Suns have been maybe uh, what we're talking about of late. They've been good. uh, They've been competitive. But they haven't been able to finish And with a trade like uh, bringing in uh, who we know is going to be in uniform after the All-Star break, uh, it's it's jumping off the edge and heading for a championship. So, again, getting KD, I think, was a tremendous move. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I look at KD and just his presence, you can tell that it's sharpened the focus of everybody else on the floor. It's almost as if they want to impress KD as much as KD wants to impress his new city. Well, I think that's true, and you touched on this earlier. Uh, The other players that uh, James Jones and the Suns have brought in have certainly added strength to that uh, bench area, which they're going to need come playoff time. But uh, the Suns, uh, in the last couple of weeks, have made some very, very strong moves. No doubt. Uh, Al McCoy, our weekly guest, Al, about the Suns here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, I always like asking you about this next player, Al, because I know you're a fan and I know you go to bat for DeAndre Ayton a lot, but it's easy to go to bat for him right now. First time in his career, he's had a span of five straight games with 20 or more points. He's playing with that force, but he's also playing with an efficiency. Just wanted to get your thoughts on what you're seeing from D.A. right now. Well, he's playing great. I mean, no question about it. And then you look ahead with uh, with DeAndre Ayton and Kevin Durant on the floor together. Boy, what you can see for D.A. is going to be just fantastic because uh, he's going to have so many open looks. He's going to have so many open drives to the hoop because uh, who's going to drop off Durant? I mean, you've got to defend or double-team Kevin Durant, and who does that leave open taking the ball to the hoop? D.A. So I think uh, looking ahead, uh, it's this is uh, something that's really going to open up his game, and as I said, he's playing great right now, no question about yeah, it. Right. Now, before the reality happens, um, I'm just curious, what, what, what are you going to remember about Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson? Because obviously, Al, you know, they were tremendous homegrown fan favorites, and, and they all understand that, hey, Look, the Suns had a chance to get Kevin Durant. This is no hard feelings here, but but I, I know these guys meant a lot to you as well. Well, they grew up here, and I think that uh, probably is the most important thing. But again, I go back to what I mentioned a moment ago. Do you want to be just a really good competitive team, or do you want to go for the championship? And sometimes you have to give a little to get in that position. And that meant, of course, giving up two very fine young players, as the Suns did. As I said, uh, I certainly appreciated what they contributed. And I think I will remember, as I mentioned, they both grew up. Bridges terrifically did. And we still were kind of waiting for Cam to take that extra step. But they did grow up with as members of the Suns, no question about it. 
after the trade happened, Al, so many people said, hey, how do you feel about the trade? And yeah, I was excited about it. How can you not be excited about Kevin Durant coming to town? You can also have that sadness mixed in that two of your favorite players or popular players are on the on the way out the door. But I look at it this way, and I've learned from history myself. I mean, I go back to 1988 when the Suns traded Larry Nance in a package to Cleveland to get Kevin Johnson. And you're thinking, he's the backup point guard. What what are they doing? Well, it worked out pretty well. In 92, they trade three starters for Charles Barkley. It worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, there's been uh, so many examples. I mean, there were people upset about the Chris Paul trade. So I totally agree with you about, and I like the way you put it, stepping to the edge and trying to win a championship uh-huh. because it's been 55 years and we can all agree it's about time that that happens. Well, we know that our fans get uh, very attached to players. Yes. And you mentioned, <laughs> yes. and and the, the Larry Nance and the Charles Barkley, remember those trades so well. And the fans respond because our our Suns fans are terrific here, and they do get very attached to players. But uh, this one uh, was almost a no-brainer. It really was. Yeah, and, and you could throw Kelly Oubre into that mix. You're absolutely right, yeah, Al, sure. when it comes to the fan base and the way they react. Okay, um, wh- what do you think about Monty Williams and the rotation now? This, this team went from maybe having a suspect bench to having some guys who are going to really have to fight for some minutes now. Well, I think um, uh, there's going to have to be some adjustments made. And as you have already mentioned, the new faces that are coming in have got to uh, win their playing time. So some things are ahead. And uh, hopefully these remaining games after the All-Star break will get the Suns in the right position that uh, that they, they want to be. Uh, I think Coach Monty will certainly be able to adjust very well. And a lot will depend on how the new players, so to speak, are going to respond. Now, a couple of things I think we have to mention, and we've talked about this so much this year. Defending the three-point shot mm-hmm. still is a problem for this team. Now, maybe... A couple of these players that they've added that are strong defenders can help with that perimeter defense. But that still remains a problem. And as you know, the only thing that kept the uh, uh, Sacramento Kings in the game last night was the three-point shooting. Suns just were not able to stop it. And hopefully the point guard position, the backup, will be solidified a little bit because uh, CP3 played a lot of minutes last night, and uh, you're going to need backup help there. So those are the things that uh, I think are still kind of question marks as we look ahead. Yeah, great great points, Al. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next uh, Wednesday. Sounds good, guys. Uh, One more game and then the All-Star break. That's right. yeah, have a great day. Thank you, you legend. Al McCoy, voice of the Suns, Hall of Famer. Al about the Suns every Wednesday as he joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, it took a while. The Cardinals got their man. Head coach Jonathan Gannon will be introduced at a press conference tomorrow. There's a lot of work to be done. We'll focus on some of that work and what is next for the Arizona Cardinals and Gannon. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. The fan base down there. <laughs> Listen, I grew up there. I love Eagles fans. I love the passion. They've been brutal. I didn't understand. Bike. 
some of their criticism this year. I mean, his team, we got to blitz more, they said. They almost set the sack record. Set the sack record. You didn't have to blitz more. And Jonathan Cannon's philosophy was not to blitz more if that's where your strength of your defense is. So I thought he did a fantastic job. Listen, he'll probably tell you the entire defense could have done better in the second half of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's Mike Garofolo from NFL Network with, I think, fair points. Mm. We talked to Anthony Gargano earlier. He yeah. said, hey, they're throwing a parade in Philadelphia that the Cardinals hired Jonathan Gannon as their head coach. And on that particular front, do I know how Jonathan Gannon is going to work out? No, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a soothsayer, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it a shot. I think the criticism of Eagles fans without every day, you know, no, yeah, really following closely what's happening in Philadelphia. I look at the bottom line. They were leading the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter and won 14 games this year. I think he mm-hmm. did an okay job. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. So but, this but, might very well turn yeah. into a Philadelphia fan situation of be careful what you wish for. Well, it might. And, and uh, but, but I also think that two things. I think, A, Eagle fans are obviously profoundly disappointed for losing the Super Bowl after that year that they had where they pretty much annihilated most everybody they played. And secondarily, it's the fact that, the, the, that this top ranked Eagles defense, they gave up 21 first down. It, it, the, the stats that the Chiefs were able to post on them were 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 unbelievable. And so and, and so they blame Jonathan Gannon for that. Yeah. And, and again, those two touchdown passes, you can't you can't underestimate what those mean in the narrative to a Philly fan. Yeah, I right? think it's very rudimentary the criticism specifically on the second half. Right. Patrick that's what, Mahomes that's what it is. had one incomplete pass and he threw it away. You're not causing you know he's picking you apart. You need to blitz him. You really want to blitz Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Really? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. No, no. Listen, and and we know the, the Cardinals. They Cardinals defense. We we they ran into the same buzzsaw in Patrick Mahomes in Week One. But but I think again when you when you drill down to those two particular plays we're talking about, those plays were on film for Kansas City, and most yes. defensive coordinators cover that stuff up. Yes, and and so so I'm I'm not saying that the Eagles fans are not over the top. Of course they are. That's who they are. But but no. Knowing that Eagles fans are like that, it's tr- it's completely understandable that they're reacting to Jonathan Gannon's performance in the Super Bowl the way they are. But to Mike Garofolo's point, you know they almost set the sack record, and, and Eagles fans want more blitzing. Those two things come 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 to mm-hmm. butt butt heads. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon has also famously said, "Look, I don't have a scheme, which I'm, I like. I'm going to build around the yeah. strengths right. uh, of my defense." And that was probably put into play when you look at their front that they had. And you got guys like Fletcher Cox and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick off the edge. You can generate pressure that way. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have that same luxury early on, it appears, with uh, in his tenure with the Arizona Cardinals. What do I want to see? A defensive mind. I want to see a concrete, well-thought-out plan on how to maximize Isaiah Simmons. I think he is a special talent. I think we're... Seeing through the first three years of his career, very much the same path we saw with Hassan Reddick. Just put him out in coverage, let him do all these things because Mm -hmm. he's a Swiss Army knife. Again, if you want a screwdriver, 
You're not using a Swiss Army knife to do the job the best. You're using a screwdriver. If you want to open a bottle of wine, get a corkscrew, not the not one that's provided knife. on a on a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. So I want right. that's what I want to see. Yeah, okay. And I think you were that's talking fair. about all of this unlocking of Kyler Murray. To a large degree, I think the same thing has to happen on the defensive side of the ball with Isaiah Simmons, and I have confidence that that will happen. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, I hope you're right, and and I do think he's a very smart guy, and 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 again, I, it's not like everybody I talked to yesterday was um, unanimous in their criticism of Jonathan Gannon. Other people have have uh, told me exactly what Cuz said that culturally he just wasn't a fit for Eagles fan. Eagles fans, eh, they're kind of like Bears fans, man. They want the they want that stuff, right? That's what it's important to them. Yeah, and. And in Philly, it's they want the the brusque, trash talking, coming for your throat kind of defensive coordinator. That's what they want. And Jonathan Gannon wasn't that guy. And but that doesn't mean he's not an excellent head co- or excellent coach. I I do think that again the the number one quality that I'm hoping is what sold these guys on Jonathan Gannon was the ability. To captivate a room, and because if he's got that, that means he's got the leadership gene, and that is something this football team sorely needs. They need an alpha motivating leader. That's alpha yes. motivator leader. That's what they need. And Jonathan Gannon can be all of those things while still be while still having the red flags attached to this job. Absolutely, that I, that I outlined. And Absolutely. I think and I think you're not being honest if you're a sports fan. You can want the best. You can hope for the best. You can choose to be an optimist. That is certainly your prerogative. But if you want to deal with reality, what we're saying here is not. This is not inventive. Invented. This is not fake news. This is real. Take that, Aaron Rodgers. Take that, A Rod. <laughs> um, yeah, on that that subject of alpha leadership, which mm-hmm. we all agree is needed. Josh Weinfuss from ESPN talked about Gannon coming in uh, and immediately being the, on that front the polar opposite of Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury developed a reputation as someone who was just I don't know if he's too laid back, but he's too quiet. He didn't really lead with force. This guy, though, I mean, this guy is the polar opposite of that. They needed to develop a new culture in that building. They needed to get everyone on board. Basically, they went the opposite direction of Cliff Kingsbury except for the age. You know, he's uh, Jonathan Gannon's younger than Cliff, but, you know, he's, he's a defensive guy. Cliff is an offensive guy. Cliff is more soft-spoken. Jonathan Gannon is not. Yeah, and also uh, it was reported mm-hmm. and it became known that during this lengthy coaching search by the Cardinals that a few of their players, a few of their leaders on the defensive side of the ball especially, were lobbying for Vance Joseph to get the job. He did not get that job. Uh, here was Josh Weinfuss on that. Now, another big question I'm going to have is what are they going to do with Vance Joseph? I think that's going to be a major wild card because there were players who told me this offseason, they went to the owner, Michael Bidwell, and, 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 and championed uh, Vance Joseph to be the next head coach. So if you keep him around, what are you doing to Jonathan Gannon? Are you undermining his leadership before it all gets started? Yeah, Vance Joseph is still under contract as of now. Vance Joseph had uh, very little in terms of people kicking the tires on his availability uh, to to, to join a staff and contract had something to do with that. I don't obviously. think he did any interviews, right? I don't. Other than interviewing for the Cardinals yeah. in the coaching position, he did not. I don't, I don't know if he was allowed to interview. And, oh, that's true. And, and so this becomes a question. I think Josh is onto something here because, yeah, I, I you can't make this a precondition of Jonathan Gannon's employment because then, then, then now you're just admitting to the world that, it, once again, you're not giving autonomy to a head coach. 
coach, and we know where that leads. It leads nowhere good. And one of those things we talked about very early on was change coming in from the outside, from top to bottom. They checked that box with Monty Asenfort. They checked mm-hmm. that box with Jonathan Gannon. And, you know, with some good coaches and their careers in mind, they need to do it with the coaching staff as well. And I agree. Saying, you know what, Jonathan, we really like Vance Joseph. He's a good guy. He's been a de- decent defensive coordinator. Why, why, why don't you fill that that post now, with him? I, I that would be I the agree. wrong first step. Now, if if I were to, if I were one thing that I would give Jonathan Gannon, even though I've raised this as a red flag, the second half of the Super Bowl, I am also going to say this: um, the length of the Super Bowl halftime. Vinny and I just got done talking about this during the break. It is a huge advantage to a strategy genius like Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Huge advantage. So I'm not going to necessarily hold the second half comeback of, of one of the greatest quarterbacks who've ever played against Jonathan Gannon because, once again, Kyle Shanahan was part of a coaching staff that choked the biggest Super Bowl advantage ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, And he turned out to be a fabulous head coaching hire for the 49ers. So, so everybody gets a bad day, and you have to acknowledge that you were going up against greatness. And it occurred to me, do you know, Andy, everything in the NFL is about Pairing a great coach with a great quarterback. Bill Belichick won six titles with Tom Brady. Andy Reid, you ever see this guy, Jared? Andy Reid went to five NFC Championship games with Donovan McNabb. He's won two Super Bowls in Kansas City. If Andy Reid would have had a better quarterback when he was with the Eagles... Who's to say he's not above Bill Belichick in terms of championship rings right now? That's how good Andy Reid is. Now again, I don't know if you've ever seen the guy. By the way, did you did you see fake Andy Reid walking around Media Row on Friday? I did. Did you did you hear what? And before we get back, that year, what Andy Reid had as soon as he got back to Kansas City? Oh baby, I I absolutely. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I was going to bring that up. Did you see Vinny? Do you know what he's talking about? What he had when he, he got went, back to Kansas yeah, City? Yeah. Well, let me let me get into Jarrett mode. Was it heart palpitations? <laughs> well, it might have been after eating an entire sausage mushroom pizza all to himself. Oh. And he got a salad. And you know what he said? The salad made my chubbiness feel good. <laughs> he said that. He, he said that. He said that. I'm gonna again. He says this stuff all we did an entire segment. But guess what, Jared? Where you had to guess it was Bobby Flay or Andy <laughs> Reid. You don't want you don't want to be linked in or uh, you know, lumped in with uh, uh-huh. Terry Bradshaw at this point, do you? No. One well, one over here, Ferret. I do. Know, it with I love. feel bad for. I feel bad for cheeseburgers. I know Andy pizza Reed, instead of cheeseburgers. Andy yeah. Reid cheated on cheeseburgers when he got back to Kansas City. <laughs> it's a good point. He had that on the plane, I guess, on the way. We all know, though, a well-rounded diet is very important. And no one is more well-rounded <laughs> than <laughs> He is a tremendous football coach. There's no doubt about it. Innings Festival is back. The two-day festival uh, featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and many more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour. Sarah takes us through social studies here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.